With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. We are here to talk football today, and that is because Chris Landry is aboard with us. Good afternoon, Chris. How are you? Good afternoon, Steve. I'm doing well. Hope you're doing well. Yeah, doing okay. Doing okay, but uh, have to head back on the chemo for the weekend. But that's that's. The good part, I guess. <laughs> well, it's uh, I know it's tough, but uh, it's uh, you know it's necessary to uh, keep you healthy and good, and uh, so we wish you well on that. Well, thank you, and uh, it's we're getting closer to football season. Oh man, by oh, the minute, <laughs> it's by the minute. We're counting down the days, and uh, uh, we'll. Uh, We'll get going here as far as that's concerned. And I don't know how much of a baseball fan you are, but uh, that we had a game. We'll never have a pitcher pitch a complete game if we didn't get that game complete with Alex Cobb last night. And I didn't watch it because I was watching the Florida Gators beat yes, the LSU I was Tigers too. last night. Yeah. Uh, so that was, um, yeah. Well, he had a perfect pitch. game going in, well, going into the sixth, and then he had. Uh, a two hitter after eight with a with a with a suitable pitch count and they take him out after mm. Colome had already blown two previous saves and he blew the other blew the next one too mm. so <laughs> it wasn't the best uh, of of finishes but they did win in uh, ten innings so we'll take that um, we're t- we're here to talk football. What's going on with Vince Young? I mean, is he? He sounds like, and I know he is. He sounds like the jealous guy that didn't get it done earlier, and now he's, mm-hmm. yeah, immature. Always immature. Uh, was immature when he came out of high school. Was coddled at Texas. It was one of the reasons why the management with the uh, Titans did not want to draft him. It was the ownership that forced it on him. Um, again, has always been an entitled guy. Never a very good worker. Always somebody else's fault. Um, you know, um, did a did a lot of things that you know were very mm-hmm. very selfish. Um, you know, continuing to do that today. You know, talking about other people that yes. are still in the league and. Well, yeah, there are a lot of people in the league that have less talent than you, Vince. But you know what? You, you could rely on them. You couldn't rely on you. You've never – he's never developed as a leader. He's never developed his skills. Um, he never grew as as someone who really worked at the game. And that's why he's had a, you know, call it a failed career. That's what it has been. Um, and he's lashing out when – the lashing out should be done in the mirror because that's that's the reason why he's not been successful. They've, different people have tried to reach him and help him and work with him and you know. But you know, again, it's it's always somebody else's fault. It's not him, and that's uh, that's his that's his problem. And it's it's been a consistent issue with him, and will probably not change. I guess we can always hold out hope that people may eventually, at some point, um, 
see the errors of their ways, but he's uh, not been able to find that yet. Well, and and, and now he's uh, picking on the Bucks. Fitzpatrick. Now, you know, we're not. Jane, we're hoping that Jameis doesn't get hurt, and he hasn't gotten hurt. Knock on wood for two years. He started every game. But why pick on Fitzpatrick? I mean, the year before that, he had a hell of a year. Well, again, that's typical what Vince has done. Blame it on, you know, deflect mm-hmm. the deflect the issue away from where it belongs. You know, let's just take that. He has far more talent than Fitzpatrick. Why is it, why is Fitz in the league and why is he not? That's what he should be. That's what somebody should be asking mm-hmm. him and forcing him to answer. Well, the answer is, you know what? You can rely on Fitz. Flawed as he is, um, he does the things that you need to do. Vince has not done that. Vince has tried to get it done on physical ability. He liked being a quarterback. He liked the trappings that came with being a quarterback, but he never liked doing the leadership things and the work things to be a good quarterback. That's the reality of where Vince has been his entire life and his career, and it's you know where he is now. Great college athlete, no doubt about that. Uh, probably deserving of winning the Heisman along with Reggie Bush the same year. Um, but he got away with it on physical ability, got in the league, and you know he's still he's still um, you know chirping about you know what Jeff Fisher didn't yes. do in this or that. Yes. Well, you know, no one else in that organization liked him either. I mean, he he quit on his team. I mean, he he literally got in a, a yelling argument with his coaches, including Jeff Fisher, took off his pads, threw them in the middle of a of a meeting uh, post game, and left. Quit on his team. I mean. So, listen again, immaturity is the best way to describe being kind, you know, um, because I think the immaturity is the easiest way to explain it. Does he have, you know, a, a lack of mental toughness, um, emotional toughness, perhaps? Again, that's all part of, I'm not a, you know, psychologist, but, uh, you know, just someone that you've never been able to rely upon and uh, it's why people had concerns about him coming out of texas mm-hmm. it's why i did i had a big uh, character question on him and it's uh, it's unfortunately proven to be right yeah well uh, he's he definitely got spoiled at the ut mm-hmm. uh, no question about that he was spoiled in high school and he just got spoiled rotten at ut yeah <clears throat> he sure did uh well he's not going to get a job anytime soon if you go start dissing coaches in the league, you're not getting a job uh, in the league. Uh, you can forget about that. And nobody would give him a job to begin with. And he took what they gave him, which is the job in the Canadian League, and he tore his hamstring. So he's done, as far as yeah, I'm concerned. He, he did. And, you know, again, hamstring injuries are injuries. And, you know, part of the issue there is they were a little bit concerned in Saskatchewan about his um, – because they've already started their league, by the way. Their season, by the way, yes. and um, uh, they were concerned about his conditioning. So again, it's continuing still in the CFL, or did continue in the CFL before they released it. Andrew Luck, uh, mm-hmm. there's not a lot of good reports coming out of Indianapolis with him. Uh, he's not yet throwing. He's not doing much of anything. Uh, is he going to be all right for this season? They say he is, but you know, I don't know if they're guessing and hoping um, or they really feel strongly about it. I, I sense that they feel strongly about it, but I don't know. Uh, it is a process, a slow process. 
My guess is that he'll be fine. I just don't know exactly when they think it's going to be for the start of the season. You know, uh, now there's an example of a guy that works and what you have to hope with him is that he doesn't overdo it, you know, um, that they he does it at the right pace and not, not uh, comes back and works too fast. Uh, but he absolutely uh, is had a big, big uh, issue that needed to be corrected and surgically, and it's going to take some time, and um, it, it's uh, certainly going to affect, uh, I think, and particularly the early part of the season, his timing and rhythm. Well, so there's another guy that's got uh, problems at quarterback, uh, too, with his shoulder, but he's throwing at least, and that's Cam Newton. So, I mean, yeah. what are he's you going to do with him? He's a little bit ahead of where Andrew is in terms of throwing. They feel good about it. I'm very curious to see what they do with that offense as they're um, planning on trying to get the ball out of his hands a little quicker. They've got some playmakers, some good slot receiver, and obviously a good running back in Christian McCaffrey that they can move around the formation. Um, that's going to be the key, to get him to understand that he needs to be more patient uh, in the pocket and not try to continue to run. There are times where they're going to need him to run but there are going to be times that he needs to protect himself. You know, he gets hit a ton, and people say, well, it's just, yes, there's some of it is because he's a threat as a runner, but he also because he holds the ball so long, and that that is something that he's going to have to improve upon. He'll never be a great pocket guy. He'll never be a throw-on-rhythm-time type of quarterback, but he can become more proficient at being able to stand in the pocket, go through progressive reads, and then run with a little more judicious nature and – um, protect himself a little bit because if he doesn't, uh, he won't be around much longer in the league. Do you Physically, see him hanging in the pocket more instead of taking off? Uh, I that's I don't know. That's what the plan is. I don't know if he's going to follow it or not because I think he relies on that. You know, there is a direct correlation. The athletic quarterbacks tend to not hang in the pocket because they do what they do best: take off and run, and and they're not as patient. You're not going to see an unathletic. You're not going to see an unathletic quarterback take off and run because they're they can't run so they're gonna they're gonna yeah. use their their mind and they're gonna their patience and throw the football athletic quarterbacks have that option and that option while good it's to the detriment of developing as a passer and staying just a little bit longer the only one that i've ever seen that's gone from a guy who would take off and run and is re- really developed into a pocket guy was uh, Steve Young. He was the only guy that really made that transformation. Still ran some, but he did it as clearly a secondary option. Um, You know, Cam's a different type of guy. He's a big, I mean, he's huge. He's built like a defensive end. But, you know, everybody thinks, well, you can't get hurt if you're that big. Well, baloney, you can get hurt. Your joints still hurt. Right. Your muscles and your back and everything that he's in your knees. So it is something that he's going to have to be more proficient at. Um, but yet allow him when he needs to to keep the offense turning because, again, he'll never be a great dropback guy. He just needs to be a little bit more proficient than he is right now. Yep. We promised we'd go to the phone lines, and it, surprisingly enough, it's not Green Bay Bob. Uh, Greg is on. Good afternoon, Greg. Oops. Hey guys, uh, good afternoon. Uh, thanks for taking my call, Big Dog. Yes. I just want to say welcome back. Um, you've been a part of my football seasons for the last 20 years and man, it just wouldn't have been the same without you. So, uh, really looking forward to this year with you. Well, I'm going to hang in there as long as I can. 
<laughs> I hear you, buddy. And uh, Chris, uh, th- this is one of the greatest segments uh, on radio. Uh, uh, this is a, a must listen every week for me. Thanks, Greg. Appreciate it, man. But um, just uh, going back to the Bucks draft, um, mm-hmm. that first night uh, when we got O.J. Howard, I was just uh, totally geeked up, just just really excited about that. Then the next night uh, when they read Justin Evans, uh, my first reaction and for the rest of the next couple of days was, who the hell is Justin Evans? <laughs> when, when they had O.B. Melifuanu, uh still on the board, um, you know, it seemed like he was ranked higher um, he was the highest ranked safety up there. And just curious as to, can you compare and contrast the two? And what was your grades on, on those Justin Evans versus Obi? Well, they're, they're completely different guys. I mean, they're, they're completely different body types. Uh, Melifano is almost 6'4", 224, um, you know, and is a freak of an athlete. Um, but is is more of a of a guy that looks like a linebacker that can um, play in space, but is going to be a little bit better near the line of scrimmage. They were looking, um, you know, for a guy that can cover, and they hope that Justin Evans can be that guy. I think that Josh Jones of North Carolina State, who the Packers took after the Bucks, was also a, a guy that uh, I had rated a little higher. So the answer to your question is yes, I had those two guys rated higher. Um, but you know, they're different type players and it's, it's pretty clear. Um, you know, to me, Josh Jones can play the free safety position. Uh, Justin to me, uh, is a little undersized. Uh, he's a good athlete. Um, I like his playing speed, uh, very well. I think he makes plays sideline to sideline. Uh, but they see him as, as a, is a really good cover guy. Um, and not a guy that's going to play well at the point of attack. Um, will overrun angles at times and not a really good tackler, um, but, you know, is, is a cover guy. So they see him as a cover guy, and quite frankly, as, as I said prior to the draft, as we all thought there was going to be a run on safeties, um, and there was. And we had a whole bunch of them go in the first round. Uh, you had Adams and Lattimore and Hooker and Peppers, all different types. You know, what I'd like to have had for the Bucks would Buda Baker been better? Would Marcus Williams been better? Absolutely, they were gone. Uh, I think you could make the argument Josh Jones would be the only true free safety guy capable on the board that would have been as good or better a pick, but they see it a little differently, and time will tell. All right, let's uh, continue on with, uh, I'm hoping it's Mike. Good afternoon, Mike. Yeah, hi, how are you? All right. Uh, Chris, Mr. Landry, I, I am... Just like the last caller, i got to echo, it's uh, must listen. Oh, thank um, you very much, Mike. I, I, it's an honor. I, I have a uh, kind of a split allegiance. I moved to uh, Tampa from Cincinnati about 12 years ago. Oh, okay. I can't, I can't be more excited about the way the, the direction the Bucks are headed. Um, there's part of me that still has a, a extremely soft spot for my Cincinnati Bengals. Um. I don't think that he's necessarily the Bengals' biggest problem, but can can you critique critique Andy Dalton for me? Sure, Andy's really good decision maker. Get rid, gets rid of the ball quickly. Has limited physical skills to be able to make plays on himself, with himself, by himself. But he's a guy that can get the ball in the hands of playmakers. So you've got to play well around him. 
you got to be, I think, a very functional team. The One of the, the issues that the Bengals have had is while they have been consistently good in the regular season, what has happened at times, they've had a, a certain amount of knucklehead plays. I mean, you know, you go back to the – I'm sure you watch it, the Steeler playoff game that basically the Bengals should have won, but it's not for Vontez Burfick and a couple of other dumb plays. I mean, there, there's a lot of things that go on in games – that, that really contribute to their problems um, and kind of hamper them. So I think those things have hurt them in the past. I think when you get into the playoffs, you're playing the bet, better defenses for the most part, or you're playing offenses that can score a bunch of points. And what Cincinnati does very well is when they've been successful is they run the football well, they play well up front in the offensive line, and they get after it on defense. And Andy protects the football. When you have to be able to force the football a little bit more, that's where he gets into trouble. That's where the mistakes take place. And that's where a good, functional, rhythmic team gets out of rhythm, and then they get derailed by a team that's a little bit better. And so people may say, well, that's kind of definition of a good regular season team. They do what they're supposed to do. But when they get against better teams, are they good enough? Quite frankly, that's kind of what people look at with Cincinnati right now. I mean, uh, with Kansas City right now. Are they good enough with Alex Smith? They're good enough. They're good defensively. They can run the football. If you play well enough around Andy Dalton or Alex Smith, sure you can go to the Super Bowl and win it. But you're going to have to be really, really good around them. And that's what you have to do if you don't have one of those elite quarterbacks. You're going to have to be so good around them um, and it's not a knock against them. It's that their their abilities lie in decision-making, positioning of the ball, and they are not physically capable of carrying a team. So when something else breaks down, they can't cover it up, and that's, that's where some of the issues are um, with some of the elite quarterbacks. They can cover up some of the flaws that people don't notice, uh, they get exposed in, in places like Kansas City and, and uh, your four bench and Bengals. Hmm. If you want to join us, 990 in Hillsboro, Pinellas 461, they both end in 4620. Let's keep it going. And uh, let's go to Danny, who is up next. Good afternoon, Danny. Hey, Steve, Chris. It was a pleasure to talk to you, too. Hey, uh, I wanted to talk about the Kansas City Chiefs. Mm-hmm. I kind of. Um, I, I was kind of excited. I thought they might have a, a pretty good year and, you know, might have a good draft. And then what they did in the draft, I'm kind of scratching my head. And then they get rid of Macklin. And uh, then they just now get rid of their general manager. And mm-hmm. it just seems like they're setting Alex Smith up to basically fail this year. Uh, I, I just don't understand. What kind of direction are they are they headed to? You know? Well, I, I can tell you this. We take them in, in reverse order. Uh, I do think that there's a likelihood and the probability this is Alex Smith's last year. I think that uh, they their plan is, with the drafting of Patrick Mahomes, clearly is to try to develop him. He won't be ready this year, and uh, they hope by next year at this time that he will be. Um, in terms of what happened, the Macklin situation is one in which they uh, really mishandled. But the reasoning is, reason behind it, they don't see they see him as the same guy since the injury. Um, With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. 
This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia. Movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. Didn't probably handle it very well. Um, they've had some issues with contracts being a little late on signing some key guys that really cost them financially. I think some lack of communication issues contributed to John Dorsey, who's a good evaluator of talent, to him losing his job and losing favor with the the owner, um, Clark Hunt, who represents the uh, Hunt ownership family. Um, and that led to kind of the, the situation there. Um, I think they're going to promote from within. Brent Beach, I think, will end up getting the job. They like him. Uh, they feel he'll work well with Andy and obviously he's a little bit better communication skills. But they have done a pretty good job uh, in personnel um, putting a roster together, and John has had a lot to do with that. So um, a little bit of an organization in flux in that they've been good. They've got an outstanding coach. But how far can they go? And this is one of those cases where they're going to have to be really, really good around Alex Smith. You can win with Alex Smith. You really can. But, again, he's not going to win for you. Uh, And you're going to have to play flawless ball um, and, you know, around him for it to happen. I think that's why they're looking at the the future with Mahomes and thinking that he may be the option down the road. And it's going to be fun to see if they're right or not. Yeah, most definitely. All right. Well, well, thank you, Chris. Appreciate it. Sure. You bet. All right, Danny. Uh, let's uh, continue on with uh, John, who is up next. Good afternoon, John. Steve, how you doing? All uh, right. It's nice to, nice to hear from you, too. Sure. Um, I, I, I do. One thing I want to start off, I do support your, your Tampa Bay Buccaneers, but I am a New England transplant. Ah! Hey, wait, 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 wait. I'm a Giants fan. I'm not a Patriots fan. So, the one thing I've seen this year is, is you know, Eli is a hot. I don't cold, see the cold, difference. Do you, Zach? It's close. It's very yeah. close to the same. <laughs> the, the, the the biggest thing I think this year with picking up Marshall was a hell of a pickup. The kid from Ole Miss, Ingram, was a nice pickup too. Um, the defense got a chance. But, again, you know, looking in the years past with the Giants, I mean, back in 86 and 90 and when they won in 07 and 011, the offensive line. You know, uh, Flowers, I want to ask you this, Chris. You know, Flowers is one of those guys I wasn't too crazy about. He's got a mean streak in him, but sometimes I've read and heard that he's uncoachable. Hart, I knew up in, in Tallahassee with Florida State. He he would hold anybody. Anybody got close to to Winston, he would hold. But the, the kid that I'm wondering about, they got a couple of uh, guys they picked up as free agents and one that was drafted, which was Biswani, um, yes. the uh, tackle out of Pittsburgh, and then another two guys that they have as free agents – I want to hear a little bit about what you think about the offensive line and, and see what you think. Cause I think we had a chance, honestly, to go to the Super Bowl this year. I think the defense is that strong. I think Collins is a reincarnation of Ronnie Lott personally, but I'll sit back and listen to you guys. Always a pleasure. Thank you. 
Well, let's start with the positives on the offensive line. The interior of the offensive line is outstanding. I think Weston Richburg is really good center, coming along well. And Jerry and, of course, Justin Pugh are very good at guards. Um, Flowers is a high-cut guy, uh, not a knee bender, struggles in pass protection, is strong, will is physical as a run blocker, better fit on the right side. Bobby Hart, you mentioned, from Florida State, um, is more of a guard playing tackle, and that's been the problem. Um, Adam Bismazzi is a really physical, good technician coming from Pitt that I think has a chance to be a decent player. Is he a left tackle? I think that's where they'll try him. I think technique-wise, he can be adequate there, but I don't think he has the natural bend and athleticism to be an ideal left tackle. In essence, they got caught in a situation where there was not a, a lot of real options in the draft, and that is a big need for him. And I think they've probably held on too much hope that Flowers can be the left tackle that they drafted him to be. They drafted him too high for what he is. They thought of him as a good left tackle, and I never saw him coming out of Miami as a is an ideal left tackle. So uh, they're paying for it in that regard. He still can play. I think he's just better on the right side. They just don't have a better option at le- on the left side. I agree with you. A lot of weapons. They will be able to throw the football. I think they'll have success running the football. I think Perkins is an underrated back. Verino help. Gallman is a guy that might surprise. And I think the defense is pretty good. But the ability to be able to protect Eli is pivotal. You protect Eli, he's proven he can beat you. You don't, then it could be a, a messy situation. You're going to see a lot of short passes, a lot of run after catch, a lot of try to protecting of uh, that offensive line. Uh, we'll see what Marshall can do. He's been a pain in the rear in a couple of places that he's been, but he's talented. You put him with Odell and Sterling Shepard. Uh, you mentioned Evan Ingram. That's a pretty good group of guys to throw to. All of them can catch and all of them can make plays. That's pretty impressive if they can protect well enough. All right, we will uh, take uh, our final time out. Chris, uh, what, uh, what's the deal for, uh, you know, for your, your website? Your Tampa yes. Absolutely. WDAE Tampa is the code you want to use. Folks, there's uh, not a lot of newsy information now, but, boy, the analysis doesn't stop. We're still breaking down all the rosters, uh, analyzing all the mini camps that have taken place. Uh, roster breakdowns, college football, breaking down all the teams, roster analysis there, and uh, all recruiting is going on, uh, you know, all 12 months a year now. Already some draft information and draft nuggets in the notebooks every day. So you want to check out LandryFootball.com. It'll get you ready for the football season, and it'll get you the entire analysis of the entire football season all all the way through next year at this time. Use the code WDAE Tampa for that special discount. What's the number? What's what are you looking to see this year? What's the number one thing? In terms of the NFL, the number one thing I am looking for, believe it or not, is this by far is the best Patriots team going into the season. They've got a bigger they normally have the advantage once the season begins. But how all that comes together, it's going to be interesting cuz to me it's the Patriots and everyone else. And let's see if that stays that way. Who's going to emerge in the NFC? I think it's wide open. That's the the big overview. In college football, I think to me the the 
the first game of the season is not going to tell us everything, but it's going to tell us a lot. Florida State, Alabama mm-hmm. are both national championship contenders, and I think the loser is not out of it in terms of the playoffs. Uh, but I think this is the toughest opening season game that Nick Saban has had at Alabama. I think this is a legitimate national championship contender roster-wise in Tallahassee, and I think Alabama's, you know, they're right there again. So uh, I think it's going to be a lot of fun. And along with that, Ohio State's very good. And then I think oh, Penn State, in your yeah. neck of, growing yeah. up in your own neck of the woods, is really starting to come on. Uh, and they've got a great back, a really good quarterback in McSorley. And Saquon Barkley is maybe as good a back as I've seen in a while. Um, it, it's going to be a fun year in the Big Ten to see how Michigan, Michigan may not even uh, be one of the top three teams in the Big Ten, uh, and they're really good because Wisconsin's going to be good as well. I hear you. I hear you. And everybody thinks Michigan's going to do everything. I don't know about that. They're good, but, man, it is getting tough that in that good. league. Yes, yes. They're getting tough in that league. Yep. I'm looking at Dak Prescott up there with Trey Wingo on NFL Live. And is is he – do the same year, Chris, uh, with uh, Dallas as he had last year? Well, the situation's going to be different because he's no longer the rookie quarterback from Mississippi yes. State that no one expects anything of. Everyone expects him to play like a pro bowler. And, you know, listen, I think he's going to have success because that offensive line is very good. They can run the football. So that's half the battle right there. Uh, I think he'll play well. I think that, you know, it's not – he made – a number of good throws every game when they needed them to. They'll they'll dirt, definitely defensively do a better job of trying to come up and throw things at him, and he'll have to make adjustments. But again, um, I, I think he's in a good situation because of the the line up front being the best in the league. So he'll play well, but you you can be rest assured it'll be disappointing in most people's eyes because anything other than Pro Bowl year, or he's one of the top, you know, five or six quarterbacks that you talk about. Uh, it's going to be considered disappointing, no, I, and that's not realistic. Was he was he a top ten NFL player? He, he didn't grade out among the top ten quarterbacks, but but, he, but the players picked him as a top ten p- player. A top ten overall? No, no. Yeah. But again, I thought he had a very good year, and he made a number of outstanding throws when he needed them to in key moments. But top ten player? No, I, I think no. that's just kind of hyperbole there but i certainly didn't grade him that uh, that way well all right let's go to uh tim good afternoon tim steve how you doing all right welcome back and um your attitude is just you know off the charts and i wish you all the best well thank um, you chris uh, i was calling in to ask about fsu i'm an fsu guy and what you thought of them this coming year but it sounds like you've got them pretty high up the charts yeah are you basing a lot on that on cam Akers? you know, being able to carry the load, or if he, as a freshman, if he can't do it, do you think they still have enough talent to make a run if he's not there? Well, yeah, there's enough talent to make a run. Their schedule, as you know, is very difficult. Cam Akers is an outstanding running back who has a lot to do, and I expect a lot of DeAndre Francois this year. Uh, But that offensive line led by Alec Eberle is going to be really good. I think defensively this is a very good team. The secondary is good with McFadden and particularly Derwin James. But they're a lot of talent. I mean, they're right there with Clemson in terms of overall talent. Um, and I think it's going to be a big year. Now, we know about the Alabama game. Miami's improved. North Carolina State's going to be 
a very improved team. It's no fun to go to Duke or Boston College or go to Clemson and Florida. So, I mean, if they end up with a one-loss team, that's a playoff team, I can tell you, because with this schedule, it's very, very difficult. But I like this team. I like the talent level, um, and it really does depend a lot on how Francois develops. If he doesn't as well as I think he can, then, you know, you may see another two, maybe even three losses, although I don't see three. Uh, It could happen, absolutely. Um, But I, I think Florida State, wins the ACC this year. I like them, um, and I think they're they're a playoff-caliber team roster-wise. We need to see the games and see it develop and who can stay healthy, and all those things are, are true. But I like this team. I think that they're – if I'm looking at the best offense in the ACC, it's Florida State, most talented. The best defense in the ACC, Florida State, slightly over Clemson. If I'm looking at the best special teams in the ACC, it's Florida State. So I, I don't see any – to me, I think they're the best team, the most talented team. Putting it all together is key. Uh, I mean, only Clemson can really compete with them in terms of talent. They're they're 1-1A one one any way you want to look at it. Now, it's been Clemson above Florida State, mainly due to Deshaun Watson kind of pushing the nod. Now, Clemson is loaded with talent, freakish defensive line, and they can win the ACC over Florida State. But I don't think anybody else can – I think those teams would have to shoot themselves in the foot and lose <laughs> it for somebody else to win it. Well, you have West Virginia is getting all these transfers. Uh, what's uh, what are they doing up in Morgantown to grab onto these guys? Well, they they've typically done that. They they recruit a lot in Florida. They usually get the second tier guys. They usually get guys that are a little undersized or some. Issues off the field, they've taken chances on guys. You go back to Don Neal and they did that. They do the same with um, with transfers. Um, Dana Hogerson has been on and off the hot seat. I think the pressure to get players that can compete and score a lot of points in the Big 12 has, has been big. So um, that that's a, that's a big part of what he's done. We've seen a few guys. You've seen the... Uh, Virginia Tech bringing in a couple of guys yes. in the ACC too, so um, I think that's just part of what they've, what they, what they do at West Virginia. Recruiting is never going to be elite there, um, so I think that we're living in a in an age now with the particularly these graduate transfers because kids are going in. I don't I don't know how many of you listeners know this. A lot of them do, but what's happened differently now over the past 10, 15 years is kids no longer report as freshmen in the fall. They report in the summer, and in some cases, they graduate early in high school. So right now, freshman kids, they already are in school mm-hmm. right now as we speak, uh, and they're getting six, nine, sometimes 12 hours credit with intercession. So they get into the fall, and they're getting in there early. I mean, think about it. They, they start out a semester early, so they're getting out earlier and earlier, which is good academically, but it's allowed them on the back end for a lot of these guys to be graduate transfers, meaning when you graduate, you can transfer to another college in the Power 5 school, Division 1A, and start immediately. And that, that's, that's led to almost like college free agency, if you will. Um, and, of course, the other type transfers, they have to sit out. Some of them are blocked, but that's what West Virginia is doing. They've been very aggressive in trying to get some of those guys. Well, and it's not like Kansas State didn't do it either. Kansas you know? State, a lot of people do it. I yeah. mean, a lot of people are doing it. We're seeing TCU do some of it. We're seeing, we're seeing, I mean, listen, we see some of the big schools. There's a kid from Texas Tech that came to LSU, and 
You know, Alabama's done some. There's, a, you know, Oregon's done it. And uh, uh, Willie Taggart, by the way, is really, really getting it done. Oh, uh, yeah. On recruiting-wise. Boy, yeah. he is coming in state and, and got a top-10 class going for Oregon. But, yeah, that's a part of what's going on now is there's a lot of that. In fact, it's become the ire of some coaches. Like, you know, um, you know, a, a school will kind of recruit a kid off of a roster and then the the school that he's with will block that school yes. from going. So it's become a little personal, but it's a, it's it's dirty pool uh, even more than it has been before. As there's a lot of conversation, and you have a lot of these runners, these seven on seven camps are becoming the college football answer to the AAU's and basketball. So you have a lot of these hangers on and runners, and you say, hey, you know. That Dumick kid, you know, you know, we like him. You know, he he might have a shot here. You know, he could start here early, and you know, and and you know, you talk to the guy, and all of a sudden, then then he can talk to old little Stevie Dumick and kind of get in his ear. And you have a lot of that going on more than ever mm-hmm. before in college football. Well, in in the sad story, before we let you go, uh, Clinton Portis, you know, he looked like he had a good time mm-hmm. all the time. You know, he was having a good time. And he was uh, reportedly waiting outside and contemplating killing his former financial manager for stealing, listen to this, $43 million. Now, that's something else. I mean, you, you just don't like to see that. $43 million. Oh, it's, you know, I wonder, um, I wonder how many, and again, you think awful thoughts, but to take it that far is concerning. But how many of those people that lost their life savings from Bernie Madoff probably yeah. thought the same thing about, you know. Now, I mean, you know, cooler heads prevail and you say, you know, hey, it, spending his life in jail is, is – is, but, you know, where do you go back? You're, their lives are ruined. Um, and in a case like this, uh, unfortunately, a lot of this happens. There are a lot of stories. Yes. Baseball players, yes. basketball yes. players. Um, but certainly you don't want to, you don't want to snap to where for a second, we might all want to think that way. But then we snap out of it. Uh, you talking about taking your life in, in ruins and then taking it to the next step in ruination as if he would have acted on that. That was a scary, scary situation, but certainly you can understand his, uh, despair yeah. at least for a second. Uh, and having to go through that, and unfortunately, that happens an awful lot. In, in, in the, yeah, in you wonder sports. if he hung on there just a little bit to try to make some money back. Uh, you know, when oh. he found out about it, you know. Well, I'm gonna tell you something. You, you know, a lot of that happens. Yes, and it I happens know. a lot. We it happened today. You can't convince me otherwise that Phil Jackson didn't have a money grab with the Knicks. He didn't. He didn't do squat yes. the yes. whole time he was there. And uh, he basically, t- I'm gonna tell you, love him and respect him. Joe Gibbs came back and worked for the Redskins, and a lot of it had to do with some of his financial issues with his NASCAR operation, and there was a lot of that was to kind of recoup some of that. Um, and mm-hmm. that's that's part of why he wasn't as involved. Mike Ditka did it. I mean, he just took money from Tom Benson, the Saints. He wasn't even – he wasn't even they couldn't even find the guy half the time unless it was just football season. So – there's, it happens a lot with players, and it happens some with coaches too, unfortunately, Yeah, and well, executives. It does, but that's that's just an exorbitant amount of money, oh, that's $43 million. That's Jeez. unbelievable. unbelievable. Yeah. All right, Chris, uh, we'll, we'll get you posted on what we're going to do next Wednesday. 
uh, because of the baseball game. Sure. But we appreciate uh, and, you and coming on. More importantly, happy fourth to everyone yes. and to you. And uh, we'll be thinking about you. You hang tough in there and know uh, you got a rough couple of days. But you'll get through it and be uh, stronger on the other end of it. We know it. You got it. God Chris. bless, bud. All Take right. care. There you Bye-bye. go. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.